Welcome to the Sanctus NYC Message Podcast. We are the young adult community of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, built on the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join us today as we look to God to lead us into the fullness of the life that he has for us. The first, so I, I think tonight, like what is a message like what we're about to say? What power or what is what power does it have to accomplish in our lives? Um, I think what we're going to get into tonight, when we understand it and trust in it, it brings a rest and a security and a stability to our lives that I can tell you today, that is God's heart for your life, that you are not here just on this roller coaster, your emotions and your thoughts, and just day after day, it's just crazy highs and lows, like Jesus came, the Bible says, so that you could have life abundantly. And what that means is wholeness in him, stability, steadfastness, not being a more religious person, not just going to church more, literally having this life from God that is steady. And I think tonight, we're about to get into it, really shows us how to begin to live in that in a greater way. So the chapter that we're reading out of, the main text, is Psalm 23 which is one of the most famous chapters in the entire Bible. And so we're going to just look at the first part of it real quick. So verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So we're just going to pause it there. Tonight we said it's about sheep. Throughout the Bible, Old New Testament, there is this constant theme of shepherd, sheep, shepherd, sheep. The Bible even says that uh, pastors in churches, the word pastor means shepherd. So this is something that's so relevant and a part of our day-to-day lives as believers. And uh, so, like, again, I'm from New York. I know what sheeps are theoretically. I have not seen them in the wild in Long Island. Um, And so I had this opportunity this past year to go with my wife to Ireland And I found out that there was this, like, shepherding experience. And so I was like, I'm in ministry. This is the best way I can invest into my life and future. So we ended up going. And, like, what I saw of sheep, like, this is a theme in the Bible. You hear about this so much. But I really realized, like, I don't understand this at all. And so when I got near these sheep, the first thing you notice, have you ever seen a sheep in real life or, like, sheep at a farm? Raise your hand if you've seen those. Where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) dang (laughs) Um, they're like oh I was at that BT kids petting zoo on Flatbush (laughs) uh, so the first thing you notice when you see sheep those things are nasty they don't have thumbs they can't lick dirt out of their fur they're literally disgusting like you think of like pure white beautiful sheep it's like they're literally gross they have sticks and twigs, and dirt, and all of this stuff, and they have thick fur, not fur, wool, I don't even know what I'm talking about, and they're, they're really, like, kind of gross, like, you get up to them, and I was, like, wanting to, like, pet it, and touch it, and I was just, like, no, you're good, dude, and, um, and so you see that. The next thing you notice when you look at sheep, I don't know if there is a thing in the animal kingdom with a lower IQ. You look at their face, and you just know there are no thoughts happening in their minds. They literally just chew, They chew, and then they look for more things to chew, and they just, that's literally what they live for. That's their entire life. And I was saying this on the Tuesday night, 
like one of the ways that they get sheep rounded up, which was wild to me. I didn't even know they were like sheepdogs, which what sheepdogs do, they act like they're wolves pretty much. And they make sheep fear for their lives. So they go crazy and then the sheep like look and just start like running away and like they get them into this little circle. And so the sheep are literally fearing for their lives, like thinking they're about to die. And then as they're like chilling there, they look down and they see grass and then they kind of forget that they were about to die and just start chewing grass. And then they like finish that grass and they're like, what about that grass over there? And they just start walking back to where that dog was. And then the dog goes crazy and the sheep's like, oh, shoot. And so you just see like they are objectively stupid. They are completely vulnerable. Sheep are some of the only, like, most domesticated animals. You can put them back in the wild, and there's a pretty decent chance that they'll be able to survive. Sheep have a 0% survival rate in a place where there's predators. They can't protect themselves. They're slow. They're very thick. They are not moving anywhere. Like, if a wolf's there, you're dying. So sheep are completely vulnerable. They're dirty. They're stupid. On top of that, they have horrible eyesight. They actually can see, like, almost, like, 360 degrees around them, but only, like, a foot or, like, a couple feet. They have no depth perception. So from a distance, they can't even really tell what they're looking at. Do you feel like, I've just given you guys, like, a PhD <laughs> in sheeps. Um, so they are, yeah, they're, they're like, the, the alpha prey. <laughs> they're, like, the lowest in the animal kingdom in that way. So for your, a lot of you have already seen sheep, but um, just to like make what I'm saying come alive in a different way, I just have a couple quick things I want to show you. So like think of that beautiful image of a sheep you have in your mind. This is kind of like more what they're like. How many thoughts is he thinking? That's just a day in the life. So next, this is another little glimpse into what the life of a sheep looks like. You, you know I couldn't not use this video. So clearly, he walked into a ditch. Thank God for that young shepherd pulling him out. Beautiful, right? Let's clap. Let's clap. Wow, he's free. All right. <laughs> Next, one more video. Hi. He was looking for some food. Hey. Hey. What are you going to do, sheep? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, sheep? <laughs> what are you going to do, sheep? They're doing him so dirty. Sneak up to it. Sneak up to it real quiet.
<laughs> there we go. And yeah, I could never live in the South. <laughs> um, so that is a glimpse into the life of a sheep. These are very significant theologically. Throughout the Bible, sheep are talked about very consistently. And uh, so I want to point you really quick to a verse in Matthew. So this is during Jesus' ministry. He's traveling around, and it says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Next. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So reading this passage... This is what the Bible and God says about my life and about your life. He says, those sheep that you saw, you're looking in the mirror. That is you and me. The Bible says that as Jesus is walking around, he sees all of these people. And the image that comes to his mind, the analogy that he makes for their lives and our lives, is they are like sheep without a shepherd, confused and helpless. So think of all of those things that we just said about sheep. Sheep are vulnerable. They're stupid. They are instinctive, and their instincts lead them in horrible directions. Uh, they don't know what's best for them. They need protection. All of that, God is looking at the world. He's looking at my life and your life, and he's saying, that is what I see when I look at you. And so hearing that, that Maybe you're like slightly offended today. <laughs> maybe you see those sheep and you say, that is maybe some of these sheeple out here, but I am a alpha. I, I've got my stuff together. I know where I'm going in my life. I know what's best for me. I know what I need. And I've got this. And you may think that, but the God of the universe who made you, who is above it all, is looking at you and saying, you are like that sheep with the bag over its head. You are following your heart. You're following your desires. You're going after, this is the narrative that makes most sense to you about your life. This is the way the world works. This is what really matters. This is what I'm going to live for. And God looking at us says, you are helpless and confused. You're like sheep without a shepherd. Well, if anybody has the right to say that over your life, it would be the God who made you. And the reason why is because from the beginning, when God made mankind, when he made all of us, he didn't make us to be independent, you know, stallions out here in these streets. He made us to be sheep so that he could be our shepherd. From the beginning, God said, I am making you in a way where I will be the one to provide all of your needs, guide you in everything that you need to figure out protect you from all that could come against you. Like, I made you so that I could be, you could be as vulnerable and helpless as a sheep with me, but I will lead you into abundant life and give you everything you need and lead you and provide for you. God is saying from the beginning, this was my intent, that not that you would live distant from me and try to live a good life so that maybe one day you could go to heaven. I want to be your shepherd. I want to guide you through your entire life. I want you to be able to rest in me and live in this security. And so, next verse. This is what Jesus says. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And so the question here becomes then, Jesus is looking at all of these people, and he's saying they're helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Well, I just said, God made us in the beginning so that he could be our shepherd and lead us and protect us and give us everything we need. So where did he go? Why don't they have a shepherd? Why are they helpless and just trying to feel their way through life with their poor eyesight and horrible instincts and leading themselves into destruction? They're helpless and confused. Why? And this is the truth I want to start with tonight. Not being born, coming into this world and just existing does not mean that God is your shepherd. I've talked to people in my office recently where I asked them about, like, where's your relationship with God? And they'll be like, nah, like, you know, I pray. I believe. I believe in God. Can I tell you, you believing in God does not make Jesus your shepherd. You generally praying or manifesting or sending out positive vibes into the universe does not make Jesus your shepherd. And if he's not your shepherd, you're a sheep without a shepherd. That means you're that little sheep with a bag on its head running into your way to where you think freedom is and running into a wall every time. So what makes somebody have Jesus, God, as their shepherd? We're going to look to the next verse really quick. This is in Isaiah 53. It says this about the life Jesus lived. And remember in that verse we just read, it said, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. What's the significance of that statement? Here in Isaiah 53, it says this. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. And so this is the message that us as a ministry, us as a church, what we believe, everything in life comes down really to what this verse is, is getting across. You were made for God. You were made for him to be your God, your shepherd, but the reality is, apart from Jesus, he's not your shepherd. Why? Because the Bible says, all of us have gone astray. God made it so that he would be our shepherd, he would be our God, and we would be his sheep. We would follow him. Every single person here has committed the greatest sin of trying to be the God of your own life. Trying to follow what you think is best, follow your desires, your plans for your life, and saying, yeah, you're God, but I couldn't care less, and I'm God now. That's what all of us have done. And so the Bible tells this story of how in each of our lives, because we have all tried to be the God of our own lives, we have cut ourselves off from God, and even though we were made for him to be our shepherd, he can no longer be our shepherd because of our sin. So the story of Jesus comes down to this. It says the people at that time, 2,000 years ago, God himself comes in flesh as a man, lives this perfect life, and he ends up being tortured and killed publicly. And everybody at that time said, well, it's probably because of the horrible things that he did. But what that verse says is he wasn't killed because of what he did. He was killed because of what you and I have done. 
The Bible says our sin, our trying to be the God of our own lives, has put us as enemies of God. But God loves you and me so much. He came as a man, as a representative for all of us. He lived this perfect life that we have definitely not lived. And on the cross, he takes the punishment, he takes the separation from God that you and I deserve. And what the Bible ends up teaching is this. How can God love you so much? He saw you as sheep without a shepherd. That verse says that he had compassion over your state. You look at your life, you're just wandering. You're looking for the thing that will bring fulfillment and bring peace and direction. Everything you try, it doesn't work. Every instinct that you try to follow, you follow your heart, and it just leads you off these cliffs. And God, in compassion and love, looks at you and says, I want to make you my sheep again. I want to make you my people, and I want to be your God. But the only way that can happen is through what Jesus did on the cross. And so this is the story of the gospel. When you put your faith in Jesus to be your Savior, before you were a sheep without a shepherd, The moment you put your faith in Jesus, you have the good shepherd over your life committed to you. Before, you are stuck with yourself, but after you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says you're born again. He gives you this new life where you're not defined by the mistakes you've made. You're not defined by what people have done to you, the trauma you've experienced. You are now defined by the good shepherd who, that verse says, I lack nothing. When you put your faith in Jesus, your soul finds what it was created for, and it is the thing that defines your existence from that point forward. God loves you so much that he came so that you wouldn't be a sheep without a shepherd. He came so that you could be restored to what you were created for. Does that make sense? We tracking tonight? Cool. So let's go back to that verse in Psalms. So it says this, the Lord is my shepherd. My question to you tonight, can you confidently say that he's not just a shepherd out there? Can you confidently say, the Lord is mine? Like, he's, he's not just God. He's my God. He's not just a shepherd. He's my shepherd. The reality is, through putting your faith in Jesus, you can absolutely definitively say, the God of the universe is now mine. He's come to meet every need. I'm this sheep out here vulnerable, lost, whatever, he's come, and now in him, I have the direction, the provision, the protection, everything that I need. He's my shepherd. So tonight, if you've put your faith in Jesus, and you know, I have received this life from God, everything we're about to read now, you have to realize, this is the promise over your life. Everything we're about to read in here, this is literally what God has now said, I have committed myself to doing all of this for you because of what you have put your faith in, in Jesus. So the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. What does that mean? Does that mean that everything that you could possibly want you have? No, because a lot of times our desires are actually pretty horrible. A lot of times the things that you really want, you get a little further in life and you realize, wow, if I had that, that actually would have been horrible for me. The Bible says I lack nothing And what that means is, I have everything I need. Because he is the good shepherd, and because we can't bring the provision that we need for ourselves, we can't lead ourselves, God is saying that all of the external needs of your life, I have got you. Shepherd, if you've put your faith in me, 
then you're not in some place of insecurity of, ah, well, is God actually going to lead me? Is he actually going to meet my needs? Is he going to see me through with this situation I've got going on? I've got this case out against me right now. I have this job situation. I have fill in the blank. God is saying, I am going to meet all of your needs. This isn't just some promise of, oh, well, you're going to become rich. No. But it's saying, what loving father would leave their child dying without what they need? God is saying, I'm your father. I'm your shepherd. So everything that you need externally, I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. Follow me. Keep your eyes on me. Stay close to me. And then just watch. All of the things you need, I'm going to supply. But it's even bigger than the things you need externally because we have internal needs too. You need purpose. You need peace. You need love. You need joy. And God is saying, for your entire life, you were looking to find fulfillment of those things, and you never fully could. Now, you lack nothing. Now, because of what you have in me, I am your shepherd. Everything your soul needs, I will be the provider for. You don't have to look anywhere else. You don't have to look for an identity in your job, in success, in relationships, all of these things that before you were trying to grasp onto to fill your heart, I am going to be the fulfillment of your heart. For the first time in your life, you can be content because of what I've committed myself to being to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And then it goes into this next part. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. What that's saying is the things that you need to survive, the things that your soul needs, the the spiritual food, the physical food, all of this. He's like, I'm going to lead you step by step. When you have your eyes on me and I'm leading and directing your life, you will not lack for any of these things. But one of the things it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. So sheep, again, they're very vulnerable. They, um, because they don't have like a lot of like defense mechanisms, they don't lie down easy. It takes like absolute peace and tranquility and a feeling of security for them to finally feel okay to lie down and rest. And you might look at your life today and there is this constant churning. When was the last time you had real rest? It's just this constant thing of, well, here's this issue and that thing and I'm not enough in this and is this gonna work out in the future? And what if I don't get that? Then what's it gonna mean for that? And then all of this trajectory for my life is gonna fall apart and you have sleepless nights just thinking and churning and churning and churning. There's a verse in the New Testament when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary. I will give you rest. When the Lord is your shepherd, for the first time in your life, you can lie down. Because apart from God, this is the reality. There's two options in how we live our lives apart from God. When you know that this is a crazy violent, evil, dark world with not many opportunities and you're trying to your best to make a good life out of the options that are in front of you, then it makes sense to feel the weight of your life. To walk through life carrying the weight of all of the possibilities, all of the things that could potentially go wrong. I better cross every T and dot every I and make sure everything's in order or else my life could be horrible and fall apart. It makes sense apart from God with how crazy things are out there to do your best to try to control your life. But you know that for some of us who struggle with that, the weight and the burden that that is. You could do that or you could just go to the other side and just say, you know what? I'm not even going to think much about it. I'm not even sure life has much 
hope and meaning anyways. So let me just try to medicate myself and just hope things work out for the best and not even think about it too much. If I think about my life too much, then I get overwhelmed and anxious. So it's better to just not even think about it and not stand and stare at this existential dread that lays before me. That's the way a lot of us in this generation live. But you know what God says? When I become your shepherd through Jesus, I lead you to rest. Because your life isn't about what you try to make happen for yourself anymore. Your life is in my hands. I've got you. And in that, for the first time, you don't have to churn and run projections and figure out how everything's going to play out. It's like, no, the Lord is my shepherd. That last thing, it says, he refreshes my soul. Your soul can, can, is, is leaky, right? It's like you go through your days, you might be doing all right, and within an hour, you're crashed. You could be a Christian here, and you could be walking with God, and things are going good. But before you know it, it's like your heart begins to wander a little bit. And then before you know it, you're like, wait, my heart is so cold and numb, and I just feel drained and dead. You know what Jesus says? Because I'm your shepherd, it's not your job to try to figure out how to refresh yourself. I'm going to refresh you. I'm going to bring you strength. I have committed myself to the stuff that you're weak in and you know, depleted, like I'm the one who replenishes you and restores you and refreshes you. The areas of your life, it says he refreshes my soul. The drain of life, the way people are coming at you, circumstances are crazy. Again, you're not defined by the craziness of life anymore. You're defined by the good shepherd who leads you. So here we go to the next one. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. So you think about everything we've said so far. Sheep wander. They follow where the grass looks green, right? And they don't even have a very far sight, like I said. So they only see what grass might look green right here. And then before they know it, they have completely walked away from the herd. They've walked away from the shepherd, and they are vulnerable. I'm going to tell you something that is, like, horrible. So if you're a PETA person, please cover your ears real quick. It's pretty sad. So about seven years ago in Turkey, there's a cliff with a bunch of sheep on it, and the shepherds were not paying attention and completely went away from their post, and they'd done it before, so they didn't think it was much of an issue, but they all go inside, and they're eating, and they leave these sheep out there by themselves. And this one sheep walks (laughs) and goes to the cliff, And just says, like, yeah, maybe I'll just walk off this thing. And all of the sheep follow. 1,500 sheep walked off a cliff. 500 of them died. And the other, like, 1,000 of them didn't because they fell on the fluff. 1,500 sheep walk off of a cliff. Because what? They can't see really what's that far ahead of them. And they're just looking at what's around them and the way other people are moving. And they smell maybe some grass and a nice fresh breeze. And they think, look, this seems like a vibe going this direction. And then before they know it, they're literally just walked off of a cliff. Can I tell you, your internal compass, your plans for what you think your life needs to look like, your ideas of what the trajectory of your life needs to follow, if it is not following the shepherd, inevitably, you're walking off a cliff. It could be a year from now, could be a couple years from now, but it is inevitable. 
Because it's only, the Bible says this, he guides me along the right paths. There's not just a bunch of paths that you have to choose from, and then you go with your little sheep hooves, and then the shepherd follows you and says, oh, you want to go there? Okay, I got you, I got you. No. The shepherd guides the sheep. So if you are here wanting to have the blessings of the shepherd on your life, you don't have the right to lead him. him he leads you. There are right paths. What are those right paths? There are the things, the Bible says, you're made new in Christ Jesus for good works that he's prepared for you before you were even born. There is a will that God has for your life. He's made you specifically for a purpose. He's knitted you with your personality, your strengths, your weaknesses, all of these things together for a specific purpose that is going to make a difference for eternity in this life. That is what you are alive for today. The reason why, if you're a believer, you have not been called home yet to heaven is because God has a plan for your life. But the issue is with so many of us, we walk with our little sheep sight instead of just keeping our eyes on the shepherd and following him. It's like, this is my dream. This is the only way I could have a fulfilling life. That grass looks good. So, all right, you want me to go over there and you're going to hit me with your staff a little bit? And I felt that, but I'm still going because that grass, I want it. You walk off a cliff. That is the story of every single life of all of us. Of course, we say this all the time here. Culture, every Disney movie, everything you've ever seen growing up. Follow your hearts. Follow your desires. Don't let anybody hold you back or tell you not to do what you think is best for yourself. Only you know what's best for yourself. No, you don't. Whoever told you that lied. The story, what you see playing out in our culture today is everybody following their hearts and everybody being so hopelessly depressed and anxious and hopeless and nihilistic for their lives. Why? Because we don't know what's best for us. We are not the makers, so we, we're, we're not the creator, so we don't have the right to create ourselves. We have been given a blueprint and a design and a process that God has made us to walk out and be led in. So if you're here today, this is, that's the negative, but here's the positive. He leads you in the right path. If you're here today, you have to put your faith that the Lord is my shepherd. My life is not up to me to figure out how this is going to lead to that, and that's going to lead to that, and then that's going to be a good life and put a bow on it. The reality is this. You don't need to even look at your circumstances. You just need to look at the shepherd and follow him. The right path that God is leading you down may not look right. A lot of times what God has for us, it doesn't seem like it's even going anywhere. But really, please listen to this today. The will of God has so many layers. There's so many things that God is doing behind the scenes that if you're going to make decisions based on just what you see and how you understand things in life, you are going to forfeit everything that God has for you and what he made you for. The reality is this. You need to keep your eyes on the shepherd. When he goes, you follow. If he's not going, you stay. That is the key to a blessed life. And the Bible says he leads you on the right paths. So even if it doesn't seem right, but you know this is what God has you in and he's not moving you or he is moving you there and it doesn't seem good. There's not a single human who's ever lived, trusted God, walked out the plans that he has for them and has not ended up seeing that was right. That was what was best. If I went my own way, I would have missed it all. The beauty of following Jesus when he's our shepherd is if he's not our shepherd, 
our peace depends on how good we can make our circumstances seem to ourselves. When he is our shepherd, it doesn't matter what things look like. We know we have him and we have everything we need. So if you're here today and you're trying to run ahead of God, make your own life happen for yourself, you're not willing to follow him and surrender and submit to him, please don't trust your sight above the shepherd. He has promised to be faithful to you, to lead you into what he's made you for. And so we're almost, oh, wait, last thing. And the crazy thing about it is this. It says he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. So what does that mean? That's something you might like look at really quick and just brush past. That is a crazy verse. What God is saying is I have so guaranteed you that what I'm going to lead you into is what you were made for, and it's going to be what's best for you, regardless of what it looks like, that it's going to be right, it's going to be good, and I'm going to put my own name and my own character on it. God has literally put the collateral of his reputation on your life. And he says, if I'm not the perfect will that I have for you, then let me not even be God anymore. That's how committed I am to seeing you through this. That's crazy, right? You guys awake? We tracking? We tracking? All right, we're almost done. Just a couple more. Next verse. Now here we go. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So think of that. You have sheep being led by a shepherd through a valley where you are isolated. There's maybe woods around you on both sides, and it's pitch black. It's dark. Who has ever been scared of the dark in their life? <laughs> Every time I go into my apartment, and I still kind of do it sometimes, if I walk in and I, like, feel something in the air, I'll be like, I know you're here. <laughs> like, thinking that that might make them jump out, and then I can have, like, a squared-up fight, and they can't, like, sucker punch me. <laughs> like, this guy's nuts. When you can't see what is around you, life is filled with so much uncertainty and darkness. It says you're following the shepherd, but he leads you through these dark valleys. So that's not saying that although he's going to meet every need that you have, does that mean that you're never going to have trials? You're never going to suffer? No. Those are a part of it. Jesus himself even said, in this life, you will have many troubles. And so here... The sheep are walking, they have bad eyesight, things are dark, uncertainty, and so what do you feel in that moment? Fear, anxiety. In our lives, how many things do we toil over in fear and anxiety because we see potential situations that might lead to damage? That, uh, th this verse, it says, I will fear no evil. What that word evil means in the Hebrew is things that are destructive, damaging, might cause physical harm, emotional, spiritual, anything that's coming for you. So here we are. Why do we have anxiety? Why do we have fear in life? It's because there's uncertainty and we want to preserve ourselves. I want to make sure that I don't lose, that I don't get got by whatever this thing is that's coming my way. So we walk with fear. We walk with anxiety. There's all of this uncertainty. But the reality of this passage, what it is telling us is this. With God, you can be certain. It doesn't matter how dark things around you are. It doesn't matter how uncertain. It doesn't matter how 
the, the way that you feel like you want life to play out and you're fearing everything might fall apart, God is looking at you and saying, I am the good shepherd. You think that I went all of this way. There's that verse that I'll say a lot. If he didn't spare his own son, but gave him generously, will he not also with him give you everything else you need? God is looking at you and saying, so you really think that I have done all of this in your life. I went to that extent, dying on the cross for you, so that you could just get taken out and your life fall apart on my watch? Are you nuts? That's how the angels must look at us. When they see all that God has promised to be to us, all that he's given us, and how we still go through our life freaking out. Is this going to play out? Is that, what's that? Where it's like, the Bible says, I will fear no evil. You're with me. That's the thing. There is suffering in life. There are trials in life. But this is the promise if you've put your faith in Jesus. Through all of it, God is with you. You are not alone. That song that we're just singing. The fear is, I'm alone. I'm about to get destroyed. Everything's about to fall apart. And God is saying, it doesn't matter even how close things are getting to you and how real and scary it looks. I am with you. And what it says is, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's crazy because Pastor Simbola, he actually has like a rod and a staff in his office. And so like, I like got the security keys and snuck in there and tried to get it. And if I got it, it would have made this message so much sicker. But he like hit it. I don't know. So I don't have it with me. But the rod was this. It's like that Bo Peep hook, right? So what's the rod? Oh, no, no, no. Forgive me. The staff. The staff. So the staff is that Bo Peep. So what is that for? When a lamb, a sheep, starts wandering and doing its thing, as they're all walking, one begins to start drifting off. What does he do? He gets the staff and he nudges it to the left to say, mm, move back right. When you're walking through the dark and you're unsure, am I making the right decisions? Is God actually leading me? Is he going to be with me? Is he going to be faithful to me? God is saying, when you're keeping your eyes on me and you're trusting me, you think I'm going to let you walk off a cliff? My staff will comfort you. When you begin to veer, I'm going to tap you and let you know, hey, I'm back over here. And that staff had the bow peep hook because sometimes you even go a little too far and you start wandering and you find yourself in a ditch. You saw that little thing the Russian kid was using, that little like hook thing he had on his leg, that hook pulls you right back out. God is like, if you wander, I'm going to keep you close. And if you go too far, I'll pull you right back in. That's how much I love you. That's the staff. The rod is like this club with nails on it. It's like this thick piece of metal. What's that for? If a wolf comes, that thing's getting one to the mouth. <laughs> what wolves are you scared of in your life? What things that you feel like are out of control that you're at risk and you're at danger for? Do you really think that this good shepherd who has his strapped with all of the power in the world and in the universe, there is nobody who's coming against you that's more powerful than the God who's with you. Whatever fear you have over how things might fall apart, whatever, can I tell you what God says is, if I am your shepherd, you don't have to fear about a single thing for the rest of your life. I lead you, I protect you. I take care of you, I clean you up. I pull you when you go too far. What could you possibly have to worry about? You can rest with me. We're almost done, but this is the last little section. It says this, and now the imagery shifts. It went from shepherd God being like a host at a dinner party. And it says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
my cup overflows. This is a crazy image, and it plays off of what we're just talking about. So much of our anger in life, so what we just talked about, when he's your shepherd, the first thing, there's no need to worry. He's going to provide all your needs. He's going to lead you. There's no need for anxiety. He's going to protect you. There's no need for fear. Now this part, he's saying, in the presence of your enemies, you prepare a table for me. So what that's saying is, you may have people in your life who are coming against you, who are trying to steal from you. They're trying to push you down and take away from you. You know, so much of our anger in life is because we just feel out of control. We feel like we're at the mercy of other people. I'm, I'm angry because you mistreated me that way. You're not respecting me. You're not giving me this opportunity that I need. You're exercising your power over me, and your power is controlling my life. What this is saying is, when he is your shepherd, when he is your God, nobody with evil intentions has more power over your life than the God of the universe who is with you. In the presence of your enemies, in the presence of people who are trying to see you fall, he prepares a feast for you. What that says is, nobody can derail the plan that God has for your life. You don't have to walk with anger and anxiety as if your life is at the mercy of your family members or coworkers or your boss or whatever or the system, the country. None of that has more power over your life than God. He says, you're my person. I'm yours, then it doesn't matter what family, what world you've been born into, in the presence of your enemies, in the presence of oppression and abuse and misuse of power, I prepare a feast for you that nobody can touch. Nobody can take more than what I give you in return. How beautiful is that? When he is our God, when he's our shepherd, it frees us from even being controlled by anger. Anger, me trying to control my life and preserve myself. I don't even need to do that anymore. It's like, you guys do whatever you want. Look, it might even seem like you're shutting me down or whatever, but God has the final word. And even in the middle of me being derailed seemingly right now, he's with me, he's enough, and I know he's going to be faithful and lead me. That's the heart God wants to begin to burn into us. Now we are closing officially. Last one. Thank you guys for tracking with me. You guys feeling encouraged, though? This is some good truth, right? So this is the final thing, and we're going to close right now. And you can begin to play. Surely your, let's look at that hand. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Obviously, the most important word in that is this, surely. When the Lord is your shepherd, when you've put your faith in Jesus, all of these things that we talked about today, it's not an if, It's not for you if you're a good person and you're religious and you just try to pray more. When you trust God, when you trust him to be your savior, your shepherd, when you live with your eyes fixed on him and just wanting to be close to him, he is saying your entire life will be defined by my goodness and my love to you. Your life will be defined by the rest that I have promised you. Every moment that we find ourselves back in Rest, or or, forgive me, anxiety, depression, anger, fear, hopelessness about our lives. Can I tell you, there is no way you could convince me that in that moment you have your eyes on the good shepherd, that you're actually trusting him. All of us as believers here who struggle with this today, who you look at certain situations in your life and they're just freaking you out, take the specific situation that's stealing peace from you. 
that you look at how this is going to play out and you're just freaking out and it's been weeks or months of you just being like, how is this going to play out? Do you realize God is saying, I, that's my job. I take care of all of that. Would you stop trying to take your life into your own hands like this is for you to figure out? You have to order your steps. You need to make sure everything's going to line up and play out well. He's like, I died on the cross to be the good shepherd for your life, to be your savior, your protector, your provider. I'm going to lead you in my plan for you. Nobody can snatch you out of my hands. You're not going to miss my faithfulness as you just look at me and trust me. God is saying, take your eyes off of everything that before he was your shepherd controlled your mind and look to the shepherd that you now have. God's heart for you today is that you would rest. Whatever that overwhelming situation is in your life, whatever those areas are where you're like, are my needs going to be met? Is this going to work out? Is God going to protect me? Is he going to see me through this trial? You cannot trust the shepherd and not see his goodness and love chasing after you all the days of your life. So I hope us talking about this today stirs up something in your heart to say, like, I can't just know this theoretically. Like, God, help me to see and believe that you are my shepherd. It goes back to that first verse. If he is your shepherd, tonight you can rest. Take your challenges, take whatever it is you're facing to the good shepherd and rest in him tonight. Amen? So, amen. Hallelujah. We went a little late today. I was going to have the worship team, but I think, to be honest, the best thing would be for us just to pray together right now. And so I want to lead us in prayer. If you would just pray with me. And as we go into it, God tangibly wants you to experience the rest, the peace, his sufficiency, the last thing I'm going to say is you can't look at what you currently have. A lot of times, things look like they're falling apart. So we say he's not a good shepherd. How it looks, God is going to be faithful. You can't walk by sight. You can't say, ah, well, God, I'll trust you as long as the wolves and the darkness is 100 yards away. But if they get a little bit closer, then I can't trust you anymore. Now I have to run. I have to run away from the pack and away from your protection and try to escape on my own. No, you need to trust. He said, if I didn't spare my own son, how much more will I give you everything else you need? You can trust me tonight with whatever that thing is. Come into his rest. So I'm gonna pray over us right now, but in your own heart, would you take a situation that you're facing and say, Lord, I have not been believing and trusting that you are the good shepherd over this. I've let fear, anxiety, hopelessness set in. I'm churning. I'm not resting because I'm not actually believing that you are going to be faithful in this. But Jesus, tonight, I turn to you. I want to trust you. Help me to trust you more. As you put your faith in this truth, the Bible says, this truth will set you free from these cycles you've been living in. So I'm going to pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you tonight that your truth sets us free that when we trust you and you become our God and our shepherd, we see your goodness and your love leading us, protecting us, meeting all of our needs. We are sheep, God. We can't protect ourselves, lead ourselves, provide for ourselves. We don't know what's best. So God, we come before you tonight 
we trust our lives into your hands. We ask you, good shepherd, show us your love for us tonight. Help us not just to know this in our minds. Make this real in our hearts. Help us not just to be more religious. Help us not to be church people. Help us to be people where we are your sheep and you are our shepherd. We walk with you. You lead us. You speak to us. You provide for us. For anybody who is in a battle right now where there is uncertainty and there is need and there's temptation for them to take their life into their own hands, try to meet their needs, try to go their own way. God, speak to them tonight that they can look to you, come close to you, and God, you will be faithful. You will meet every need. You have promised to us, God, this is what we have in you. We don't deserve it. There's nothing we do to earn it. But because of what you've done for us in Jesus, this is ours. This is our victory. This is our rest. So tonight, I pray in this room that people would put their faith in you and come into your rest like never before, God. Where there has been constant striving and cycles of anxiety, fear, depression, let people see tonight they can trust you and let your peace flood their hearts, God. We love you so much. We thank you, God, as we trust you. We are going to see your goodness in our lives. Help us to believe this. Help us as we leave here, Lord, to not just hear this and go do our thing. Help us to leave here as your sheep with you as our shepherd. Help us to not think that we have to make you our shepherd. Help us to know Jesus has already made you our shepherd. We don't have to get to you. You've come to us. You lead us and help us, God. We love you so much. We thank you for this truth tonight, God. We pray a blessing over the rest of this night, over this weekend that we have. Keep us, protect us, make yourself more real to us. And keep us until Sunday church and next Friday for our prayer night. We love you so much. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. To connect with us, visit our ministry page at brooklyntabernacle.org or you can follow us on our Instagram at sanctusnyc.